welcome to Playing With Power, the, po- the retrospective podcast about Nintendo Power Magazine, the effect it had on our lives and our spending habits, and uh, some of the stuff we may have missed because we just didn't get the magazine soon enough or we were just kids and didn't appreciate it. Uh, so, with more adult minds, we comb over all the details, the awesomeness, and the failures, although hopefully not too many of those, of the seminal player's strategy guide before GameFAQs came along and killed everything. <laughs> Nintendo Power Magazine. Today we're tackling issue 4, which was January and February of 1989. And, well, we'll start with the cover. Well, let's, hold on, before we get there, let's start by introducing ourselves again. So I'm... Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben, your co-host, and I'm talking with Mike, our, our other co-host. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, we forgot who the hell we are. Yes, it, it, it was just it was just unimportant, considering the the gravity of what we're uh, diving oh, into. I see. <laughs> All right, that's my safe. And a bit of housekeeping for everyone: if you want to follow along with us, uh, we are now posting uh, on our Facebook page, "Playing with Power Podcast." In advance of recording the episode, we'll post a link to the latest issue, so you can go and download the scan. At your leisure, if you don't have an old copy of the magazine, and uh, at the very least, you can take a look at the cover of the of the scan of the magazine. So, in other words, playing with power provides preview posts for right. your perusal. But uh, we will. You, you, it is not necessary for you to go and get that in order to follow along. We will paint a picture with words through this audio format. Yep. All right. Without further ado, let's kick it off. This. Uh, Issue is about all about Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, the blockbuster review. And the front cover, uh, I always actually really like this cover. It's got um, uh, it's a model of uh, Link shot in uh, a fake palace with appears, appears to be a Princess Zelda sleeping. And he is all decked out with a big uh, feathery mullet. And he's got a real shield on his back, and he's got a glowing sword in his hand, and he's wearing some kind of fishnet garb. And, uh, yeah, Zelda looks like a... Um, uh, a blow-up doll. <laughs> I was going to be a bit nicer and say mannequin, but yeah. And you know what Link's doing. <laughs> Do I? And she's got, like, hey. big old curly hair from it's like the, Link. the 80s. <laughs> it's like Link is some college frat douche, and he's like... Hey, if she can't say no, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give her my oh, yes. master sword. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about you see me plunge a sword into something instead of out of it? Huh? Hi-yo. Yeah, so he's got the Arthurian shield with a golden cross on it and a uh, glowing sword. Yeah, I don't know why he's got the netting on instead of chainmail, but what the hell, he's, he makes it look all right. Yeah. And on the second page... We have a shelf of amazing power supplies, as they're called. Now, I have this exact shelf in my room, <laughs> and it surprised me just how old the design is. And uh, it's assorted controllers that we've covered, the Mega, the Nest Max, the Nest Advantage, the remote controller. But we have some new items. And uh, Oh, boy. Should we, should we cover them now, or should we cover them when they're offered in the players poll. Oh no, we need to talk about them now and then we'll remind okay. everyone that the players polled. 
Well, so, the first one I noticed is the <clears throat> Super Controller. Now, Ben, did you... Uh, <laughs> up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's... A Super Controller! It oh, makes you think, bah, like, when you look at this bah, bah, now... Bah, bah. <laughs> when you look at this now, it makes me think, like, oh, did they have a Super Nintendo controller that was compatible with a Nintendo? No. And uh, this is made by Bandai. And you think it might be an actual controller by itself. It is not. It is, in fact, a lame case that goes on top of your existing controller. And the only thing it adds is a joystick on top of the D-pad. So if you want an extra D-pad thing or extra um, analog stick on top of your existing D-pad, which is wrapped in a case around your original controller, that is the Super Controller. Sounds wow, awesome, right? Sounds like, I think I'd rather just stick with the NES Advantage because it's got turbo. You got your, you want your arcade stick? You're going to get some extra firepower with that. But uh, this seems to be the Super Disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, the 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 form factor of it, the controller being small to fit in your hands, you're not going to want to use a giant thumbstick, you know, with a four with a finger and thumb. <laughs> to move around, right? <clears throat> no. And uh, the next product is the Roland Rocker. <laughs> so I wasn't uh, able to find a whole lot of, out about the Roland Rocker besides um, the angry video game nerds video about it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's pretty awful. So this is made by a notorious LJN, which is responsible for some of the most atrocious Nintendo games of all time. That's and, the that's the un- that's the uncle of Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> and um, so how it works is the the Roland Rocker is essentially a giant D-pad that you stand on, and you're supposed to rock it from side to side in order to move it up, down, left, right. And how do you control A and B and start and select? Well, by stomping it. By holding the control in your hand, of course. <laughs> Completely bypassing the need for an extra accessory. Right. <laughs> So oh my this, this thing like didn't work like hardly at all, not even with, with shitty LJN games, of course. So having this, you know, was a complete disadvantage and just a piece of plastic junk in your living room. Oh my gosh. I can just imagine, like, it's, it's called the D-pad, mm-hmm. but if you buy it, you're a D-bag. <laughs> uh, next is the Zoomer Joystick. Now, this thing looks kind of nice. Now, please shatter my illusions. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's uh, any good or not. I, I watched a video of someone speaking Spanish uh, that he was playing at either a Top Gun game or a game like Top Gun, and he was using it. Uh, so, was it bu- so was it bueno or was it malo? Uh, it looked okay. I mean, you move the the whole contraption left, right, up, down to mimic the D-pad, and on the triggers uh, on the top of the, the two individual joysticks, you have um, buttons for A and B. And what's so nice it, about that is you actually there's actually dials at the bottom to adjust the turbo settings for both of those. Interesting. So, so it doesn't really... It's not a complete pile of crap if, if it seems to... Do what it says it does. Yeah, it's just limited to limited application to flight sim games, and it assumes that A and B are mapped to things that shoot at things, right? I, w- I would love to see someone try to play Mario or Zelda with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and next is the wireless 
Ultimate Super Stick, which uh, I'm looking at this, and this obviously looks like the goofy virginal precursor to the N64 controller. <laughs> virginal? Why is it virginal? Listen, if you look that dorky, would you get any action? <laughs> no, it's not sleek, it ain't sexy, and it sure as hell knows it. Yes. It is It it, it is the George McFly of controllers. <laughs> it's George it it has uh the funny thing about this thing when I looked up the video of this this one, uh it's got suction cups on the bottom of it, so it sticks to a table, I guess. And the wireless works the same way that the remote controller from Acclaim does, where you have to have direct line of sight infrared access. So I guess I don't I don't know why you would make this thing wireless. Um if you have to stick it down to a table to make sure it doesn't move. Um and the ultimate part about it just means that it has turbo buttons and you can adjust the turbo with the knobs. Um, so I see like four, I only see four buttons on those things. Yeah, it's got, it's got a set of A and B buttons on either side of a central joystick. So they're not additional buttons. They're just, if you're right-handed, you can, you know, you can use, I, I don't know, the, the, the stick on the right-hand side or left-hand side and your buttons on your right or if you're left-handed, you know, that kind of thing. Oh my gosh! Whereas yeah, this is, the NES Advantage so, is for people that are left-handed or right-handed, excuse me. Uh, this, like, again, like this goes to show that they had that this wasn't a rush decision when the N64 was created. They'd been sitting on this design before and were just waiting for the moment to bring it back. <laughs> they were waiting because, for the moment when it would actually made sense for a video game console that could support it. And even then, it was friggin' awful, as they as, as they demonstrated with the uh, GameCube controller, which was still like an awkward second puberty until they finally came out with the Wii controller and just like, all right, this is how you do a friggin' controller. Right. While Sony and PlayStation just pretty much they said like, you know what, PlayStation nailed it the first time. We'll just add an extra stick and just you know don't mess with perfection. Yeah, they're just like let's just Meanwhile, make the design ergonomic now, so it actually feels good in people's hands. Yeah, because like if you've got a hand in the middle of the controller, you're missing what's on the side. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Ugh, N64, friggin' awful controller. <laughs> it's okay once you get used to it, but yeah, it, the whole three three sticks you have to hold on to it never made any sense to me. <laughs> now the game, the first game we get is not the feature one; it's the warm up WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Never before has such raw power and skill been brought together. But we still don't get the Iron Sheik? There's no there's no heels in this in this game, just faces, just the heroes. I thought Bam or Bam maybe, Bigelow was a heel. Uh well, there's only six wrestlers in the Federation. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there was more of them, otherwise that's a pretty tiny federation. Hmm. Uh there's a picture of the matchup screen before a round. And uh it shows here just a, in the uh, in the front spread. There's a demo screen of a, of a match about to take place, and both players are named Ah. <laughs> so there's just not a lot of originality at the office. Apparently, I guess how I guess Howard Phillips discourages creativity and individuality. <laughs> that or you're just lazy. My bet. My I bet. don't. I don't know. You could just name yourself like Mike and Ben, or just like Todd and Jerry, or. Agent 47 or anything, but just, ah, it's like they're just demonstrating. Here's how many characters you can fit your name in. Jerry, we need some copy for the, for the, for the magazine. 
Go get a screen capture of that uh, Ted DiBiase versus the uh, Honky Tonk Man. What do I put for the name? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think you just answered the question. Yeah, exactly. So we get a list of all the fighters' combos and their unique moves, which is pretty good to know because when you have a game that requires like combos and button inputs, mm-hmm. pretty helpful to not make people guess that, especially since. The same buttons don't work for each character. Yeah, this is bizarre uh, to me. Like, A for Ted DiBiase and Bam Bam Bigelow, you have to press A and up or down to pin. But for every other character, it's B and up or down to pin. Like, how confusing is that? You switch from one character to the other, and all of a sudden know, you're like, pinning instead of eye gouging or something, you know? I, I, I think that's why they only limited it to six wrestlers, simply because they couldn't think of a way to be more confusing. <laughs> it's like... You can, you're just like, you know, you can just be consistent that everyone pins the same way, you know. It's very now, common in wrestling. Here's the all-star lineup. Hulk Hogan. Now, instead of a picture of the live-action wrestler or a screenshot of him in the game, we get this amazing glam metal Viking artwork. And it's kind of funny how he's bald even in his prime. <laughs> now... Well, now, they say when the Hulkster saunters into the ring flexing his 24-inch biceps, affectionately called pythons, so this must have been new, the Hulkamaniacs go crazy and repeatedly shout his name. His screen caps show his flying leg smash that looks like a power BJ. And the, <laughs> and the upper... Oh, that's awful. There's like a, a dude's like look- head... In between his crotch while he's like kicking around the side of his face, basically. Hulk is basically up in the air with his leg wrapped around this guy's head, and he's like, Get in there, brother! <laughs> Get up on that, brother! The, I'm, I'm not, not letting brony. you go! I'm not letting you go until I see tears! <laughs> <laughs> now, the uppercut smash actually looks like what it claims to be, as opposed to the other one. Right. And below that, it shows the first of their. Uh, customized power-ups the golden x now if you see hulk's golden x during a bout try to get it quickly like cheers from his adoring fans this will help to revitalize him except it doesn't look like the letter x Mm -hmm. so much as a crucifix it does it's got to chain everything yeah so apparently the power of christ compels the hulk (laughs) jesus Uh, save me (laughs) from andre the giant Oh, yes, Andre the Giant. Good Lord, life was unkind to this poor guy growing up, and the artist who took his picture here decided to why why break that streak. Andre looks like a Neanderthal with Down syndrome. Yeah, he's a pretty bad drawing. And uh, he's described as a man of great stamina, and one solid kick from his size 22 can ruin an opponent's whole day. Yeah, if you have just a bad day from that, you got off lucky. Pretty much. So... He, he's got feet in, with the same measurements as a lot of rappers' rims on their car. <laughs> and he demonstrates the big boot kick and his power-up as a huge foot. Uh, the next one is oh, I Barge. Like his other, I like his other uh, attack, which is just called Barge. Oh, you just mentioned that. Yes, uh, where he's yeah, just uh, literally uh, just yeah. standing there with his he, chest sticking out. He's puffing his chest out like, come at me, frere. <laughs> you know, because he's French. Uh, next is Ted DiBiase. Now, this artwork is so bad, he looks like a grown-up version of Pokey from Earthbound. 
fat, blonde mullet, constipated looking, the million dollar man. Yeah. And uh, his description here is just money puns. I can't even, I can't even like get into it. It says he even tried to buy the belt because everyone has a price. So of course his power up is a dollar sign. <laughs> this guy is definitely a heel from his move, the eye gouge. Oh yeah. And the edit and the editor botched the turnbuckle leap in every way <laughs> because the screenshot it doesn't have him near the turnbuckle, and it's printed as the Tum Bakel leap. <laughs> Tum Bakel. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> good. Yeah, I love that Tum Bakel leap. I think it's the turn. I'm the editor. I know what I'm talking about. That's right. Next is Bam Bam Bigelow. He has a goatee, stupid hair, and he dresses in flames. This is the proto Guy Fieri. <laughs> this guy, this actually, this uh, art, it looks. This is the most accurate art of of all these uh, drawings that I have in here. Yeah, he yeah he and, looks uh, human in this one. Well, it, I mean, that's legitimately like what he looks like. Um, but what you should know about his hair, his quote unquote hair, is that's actually a tattoo. So the guy's bald, and he has his. His whole head is tattoos. <laughs> he has the Count Floyd hair tattooed on his head. <laughs> right. Uh, the original Guy Fieri, he is the beast from the east and he's wild. He has lethal cartwheels, drop kicks, and rope shenanigans. <laughs> Unique and controversial, he is always a crowd pleaser. Well, he's also an eye gouger. Apparently him and DiBiase graduated from the Mo Howard School of Close Quarters Combat. Why <laughs> 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 you ignoramus? He also has a spin kick, and his power-up is the flames. Uh, next is the Honky Tonk Man. Hey, Elvis called. He said you can keep that look as long as you pay royalties to his estate. <laughs> He's six foot three and 243 pounds of pure power who knows how to shake, rattle, and roll his opponents. Mm. He, like all the wrestlers, has his own theme music. Okay, so if he, if, if he has his own music just like everyone else does, why mention it? I think he's supposed to be like the musical one. He can sing, so maybe he can sing his own like uh, a song and dance. Hulk, yeah, but Hulk has his real American and a bunch of like if everyone has their own song, then why bother mentioning that he has his own song like everyone else? Love me tender, love. Oh shoot, I'm gonna get super royalties. <laughs> he's a uh, total entertainment package. Guess what? Part of me is getting a new nickname. <laughs> He claims that he claims that he can wrestle, sing, dance, and play guitar. Yeah. His power up is his power up as a guitar, and uh, the description is just a bunch of musical puns gonna, because, of course, they are. You gonna put that on your Tinder profile? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm just like the honky tonk man, baby. I've got a total entertainment to package waiting for you to open. <laughs> waiting to open this up on you. That's right. Once I get you down on the mat, all bets are off. And your clothes. Uh, next, finally. Ooh, yeah! It's Macho Man! Uh, the decent artwork actually looks like he belongs with Hulk on the glam metal cover. They mention him as the best managed wrestler by the lovely Elizabeth, the only female manager. Hmm. Uh, why even bother mentioning that is his manager part of his power up? No, but he's known. To <laughs> She's probably not even in the game, is she? I seriously doubt yeah, it. I doubt that there's a mention of her in the game. So, like, uh, why? Yeah. Anyway, it says he's known to virtually explode with power and fury. His elbow smash is fierce, and his trademark moves are the elbow smash and the flying elbow smash. <laughs> and his power up is the shades. 
Now, I have to ask, why isn't Captain Lou Albano here? He's freaking Mario! He belongs in a Nintendo game. And his power-up could be the rubber bands that he has on his face. Hmm. And his trademark move could be swinging his arms from side to side (laughs) and then jumping up and down. That would have been great. They had a crossover title, and it's it's Captain Lou Albano doing the Mario. (laughs) I mean... They, th- they, sh- they, th- they should have thought of it back then. Oh, well. Yeah, ne- next is the Captain Nintendo fan fiction. Uh, I'm not going to get into this because I, didn't, I couldn't bother looking at it. But uh, the one phrase that was muttered at the end, which, stuck out, which stood out, was, I'm going to fry your ROM. Lovely. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was worth mentioning because that's how we're playing the games now. <laughs> ah. Next is the new contest. First one, the last contest was about writing and designing your own game. This one is just about writing stuff. Now, they should have had this before the Captain Nintendo crap, because that was unreadable. This one says, readers are encouraged to write a video game short story between 1,000 and 2,000 words, no age limit. The prizes are scholarship bonds. Know why they just don't, don't, don't why they don't just give cash? Scholarship bonds of five hundred, two fifty, <laughs> and one hundred dollars. The winner will be announced Ooh. in the May in the May June issue. And next, can't wait to win that hundred dollars toward my towards my twenty five thousand dollar a year uh, <laughs> college tuition. <laughs> oh yeah, <sighs> oh yeah, five five hundred bucks. This will get me three textbooks. Thank you. Hooray! And now the next game. Sunny days. We sweep in the stars away. Clouds really? away. To where the Yeah, whatever. It's Sesame Street. Really? Yeah. Learn a thing or two and become street smart. We gave up two extra pages of Zelda coverage to make room for this. Well, anyway, Ernie has six Believe different games. <laughs> Ernie has six different games and one of them is right for you. And Grover has five different math missions. I'm honestly thinking the looks on this kind of okay. So maybe I'll get my nephew to play this, and we can get a review that we can tack on to a uh, future episode or a uh, as a little well, extra bonus for the Facebook page. See if we can enough, get our kid. See if we can get the kids in our house to play this. I've actually played this before. Sweet. <laughs> I had a uh, went to a friend's house, and they had the game. I played it. It's uh, it's okay. It's definitely made for little kids, and it's more learning based. So uh, you know, it's like, what shape is this? What color is this? Kind of quiz questions, and there's like a little game where you can make astro fly in the air, kind of thing. Um, it's okay, but it's not really like a game game so much as it is like a learning game. All right, and finally, the main event. Zelda 2. And uh, this is good artwork. It shows Link leaving the castle with a golden shield, a silver sword, and a look of steely determination. Like he knows it's a tough road ahead of him, but it ain't going to stop him from walking it. Mm -hmm. Now, they provide a bit of backstory in the, uh, I don't know, I guess they, they don't do it in the game. So here's the backstory as provided by Nintendo Power. After the fall of Ganon, Princess Zelda refused to tell the secret of the Triforce to a great sorcerer. But interestingly enough, the artwork here 
shows a tiny king, a tiny, a tiny king or prince with a crown, whipping a farmer woman and a basket of apples, and a woman's kneeling in front of him. <laughs> so this doesn't show Princess Zelda or a uh, or a whatever, but it says his shadow. But his shadow along the wall turns into a robed, bearded wizard. So is it a king or a wizard or like? What the hell is this picture trying to convey? I have no idea. All all this art is really nice. And it comes from the uh, uh, owner's manual, the user manual, whatever you want to call it, that comes with the game. And um, uh, it, it says might be years slightly have, different from what's in the Nintendo Power, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Years have passed since Ganon's defeat, and Link has grown, but much evil remains. Because as it turns out, Link and Zelda only had two Triforce pieces, if you recall the ending. Uh, you gather the, you go through the eight levels, gathering a fraction of the Triforce, and then when you rescue Princess Zelda, she has her own, and then you hold it up at the end and go, start the second quest, and then you go through the second quest. No extra cutscenes or nothing for a Nintendo game. All you get is like one little extra screen saying, "You are amazing and powerful." <laughs> You're but the still, winner. Yeah, a winner is you. So, you've got two Triforce pieces. Now, this is a cool sequel because it actually covers the need for the, the third piece. Because, again, mm-hmm. Triforce. So, you know, it didn't say what happened to the third piece. So, this is pretty good planning on the part of the programmers. So, I read on, I read actually about this game and how it's, it relates to the canon of Zelda and all that, right? This is the only legitimate sequel to the original Legend of Zelda game. And so what's interesting, you know, I always wondered, well, what the hell happened to Zelda in the first game compared to this Zelda, right? Well, So it turns well, out this is not the Zelda in Zelda 2 is the original Zelda. And the one you saved in the first is uh, one of the original Zelda's um, uh, descendants, basically. Or one of, any, any female born into the... Um, royal family is named Zelda basically after the first one was put out, put out of the spell. Yeah, but this so talks Link, about after Ganon's defeat so it has to be the same Zelda and Link. As it's they're not. establishing It's the it same ever. Link, it's not the same Zelda. Wait, did Zelda just have a kid that grew to her age and then fell asleep? Apparently like long ago kind of thing. Um I forget oh, how it Zelda, originally starts, the, but this this is my cousin Zelda. So no matter who right. in the family, your firstborn is named Zelda. So if you got like six, every female six is called kids, Zelda, right? That's really that's really great for the birthday cards, though. Yeah, <laughs> and that's uh, that's how that how that started. And so the original one was put under a spell, and they figure out, okay, a hero will come along and rescue you eventually, kind of thing. Well, so it turns Zelda's out it's Link. Mom. Yeah, it's, so it's Zelda, Zelda's, Zelda's mom. mom or great grandma or great great grandma. They don't really say like you know how old she is. It, it makes it sound like it's from a long, long time ago, kind of thing, well, right? Well, is is Link a Time Lord then, or no? I think it was more like when Zelda was put into sleep, she was put into like stasis. The original Zelda. So, oh, so she was like the very first Zelda, and somehow stayed alive and unaging. Right. While in that, she's in like a stasis coma. Um. Really? Because it says here, as legends foretold, a man of royal bearing would come to save Zelda and Hyrule, and his hand would show a mark. 
And to overcome the evil forces, Link must find the third piece of the Triforce, wisdom and power he already has. Now he must find courage. So it doesn't say that it's a different Zelda. Or like Queen Zelda. Yeah, it doesn't or, expound upon it here, but all that all that is, is correct, though. So there's man, some interesting just, history behind this. But every other well, Zelda game that was created was either a prequel or another dimension or... It's unrelated to this story, basically. It's oh, not yeah, the Zelda, considered the, the Zelda part of the original timeline, timeline canon. Yeah, the Zelda timeline, because they got like the Wind Waker. So like, this is one right. where Ganon flooded Hyrule, and and uh, apparently this was mm-hmm. supposed to be like after the flood, because that would explain why the land is desolate and uh, lifeless. Because like everything looks like a big desert with a few trees and uh, a few trees and everything. So it kind of makes sense that like the first Zelda we're playing is like a uh, a sequel to the destroyed Hyrule. But right. that timeline can be saved for another day. So, so while evil wasn't vanquished, at least the population has returned in this game. So there are no towns in Hyrule. And uh, so, you know, there's towns and there's people, but evil wasn't vanquished. But as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. And uh, Link can use magic and he can jump. So he's definitely not been uh, resting on his laurels in his downtime, and uh, mm-hmm. he's got an amazing he's got an amazing array of abilities now that he didn't before. So the Triforce of Power is definitely uh, it's definitely not just decoration. Like this is Popeye spinach; he's showing some improvement. Well, this is also the only Zelda game where it's more like an RPG in that you can obtain levels, um, yeah. so you can you can raise your skill in fighting. Uh, life or in magic uh, and you get that for different ways either for fighting bad guys or uh, you accumulate points you can spend it it's this is the only zelda yeah. game that lets you do that yeah now here is his list of items uh he's got the standard big heart the candle the handy glove and boots nothing special just boots so does that mean he's barefoot until he finds them uh you got the tre- you got the treasure bag but instead of rupees you get points, and uh, you get the hammer mm-hmm. to destroy blocks in the road. So Link did it before Mario, and the uh, same with the flute, except the artwork shows a trumpet more instead of a flute. Hmm. Uh, I could, yeah, I could see that either way, or that doesn't actually the the art within the game does not look like a musical instrument. It looks like something you might sit on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's ribbed for is, her pleasure. <laughs> and now that's uh, now we've got magic. Jump. That's a magic spell. I guess he's a Jedi. Spell. This is the worst definition in a help guide ever to go with the worst name. Because here's exactly what it says about spell. Casting this spell on particular enemies will prove the difference between victory and defeat. You know what that describes? Every magic spell in every game. Uh, next is, it's supposed to be a sleeping spell. That would be great. If it you is, told me it's it a sleeping spell. Sleep. And the jump is not just regular jump, it's like a high jump. Uh, next is fairy, where he can turn into a fairy. You know they did that later, except they just called him Tingle. Lovely. Uh, next is reflect, and it just does what the name says, reflects magic. Uh, mm. Thunder when all seems lost, the magic of thunder brings hope, for its power affects all enemies present. 
Just say it shoots electricity, you pretentious assholes. Your explanation sucks. <laughs> it just means it clears the screen of enemies. That would be great. Say it does that. <laughs> they, they don't know how to describe these abilities clearly. And the most important one is the life. That's the one that actually heals you and is like required in order to get through the game because finding fairies or hearts is few and far between. I know. All I have to do is go to San Francisco. Hi-yo! Hello! Uh, enemies. Uh, well, first one is bot, which actually looks like a blob. You know, you could have just said blob, but that's, you know, misleading. Why not? Next is dealer, which is a spider that offers you coke. Next is louder, a crawling beetle which strangely doesn't attack you with sonic blasts, but just drains your life. Next is Bago Bago, which is essentially a zombie cheap cheap. Geldarm, it's a caterpillar. Moa, the graveyard ghost eyeball. Goraya, boomerang wielding jackal. Daira, he has an axe and it beats your shield. Megmat, it's an armadillo. Octorok, the rock spitting octopus, classic enemy. Zubat, I mean ache. Moby, it's a hawk, not a fat. Um, uh, what the hell? Oh yeah, I think I screwed up. Oh yeah, I screwed up my notes. I said fat gish. That's <laughs> just like fat fish. In like a while. <laughs> uh, or and he's not a techno artist either. So who gives the names around here? Next is Boon, which is a fat fly. Next is Ache Man, a bipedal bat with a man in his name. Okay, DC must have had their lawyers check this. Next is the Three Little Moblins. And finally, Mew, a spiny from the Mushroom Kingdom, essentially, with just a different color. And it says it's vulnerable on top, which is confusing to me because its top is covered in thorns. <laughs> and the, uh, the next page says, The story here is that the king broke the Triforce and gave it to its guardians to protect. So either Link is a lousy negotiator and capable of proving himself the hero, or he's just a vicious psychopath and not caring to avoid a fight with these good guys. And the poor victims here are Iron Knuckle, essentially just a cavalier, Horsehead, name says it all, Barba, a dragon, Helmet Head, okay, how about a little subtlety next time? And Carrick, which is a black-robed necromancer, so you just reflect his spells back at him. The, I really like the uh, the bad guy designs in Zelda 2 for the for the bosses. Uh, they're really kind of creative. Um, that it's something different from the previous oh, yeah. game and from other games at the time. Oh, it's worth getting to them just to see them. They're they're well rendered, and I mean mm. just just the fact that you have to well, they use have, these new <clears throat> for, you have to use your new versatility like jumping and like it, it encourages you to be dynamic. Right. I mean, the be the only thing about I'll say about the items is that none of the items you get are really like useful in combat. They're all just methods to un to unlock the next area, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, I find in games like, oh, I've got the hammer, great, can I go smash people with it? No, you get to walk past this one block that you couldn't before. Oh, great, that's that's what I need to go through that entire entire temple for in order to do that. You know. Yeah, but um, and, each uh, each one of these major bad guys, and even the even the the, the lesser bad guys, have um, some really good AI coding in them. Um, they're very challenging to get through. Um, it takes some serious skill to to beat them. 
Um, and, and one thing we didn't mention was how how different Zelda 2 is compared to its predecessor and compared to every other Zelda game there is. This is the only game where the primary primary um, way of getting through it is platforming. It's a 2D platformer action RPG. Uh, whereas previous game was top-down RPG uh, and other future games are either 3D or top-down. Uh, this yeah, is the like only one that is primarily side-scrolling. Yeah, it's like 3D but panoramic because you can spin around with the camera buttons. And this is right, a, right, it's right. definitely an, it's definitely an interesting departure, but uh, for my money, the Super NES Legend of Zelda was the best one because... They kept the overhead gra- they kept the overhead sensibility of the uh, first Zelda with the uh, versatility of items and magic in the uh, in the second one, and it was just uh, like very good looking, well rendered, nice town. Like, Did you get a to, chance to, to play uh, Zelda Two? Um, periodically. Again, it was one of those things where I had to rely on a friend, but. Mm. Uh, I'm definitely going to revisit this. Like when we do a uh, a uh, a closing out Nintendo special, I uh-huh. will hope like before we uh like when we put all the Nintendo to bed in Nintendo power and just start focusing on the Super Nintendos, I definitely want to uh, have this under my belt to uh share my experience with it. Like now that it will be undisturbed and I can actually uh, complete it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we well, see I, the map. I, I had this game. Well, hold on. I'm not, you know, I won't talk about my experiences. Before you <laughs> on there. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I had this game, um, and I was terrible at it. I had the original Zelda, and that was amazing. I loved it. And then we got this game, and uh, it's hard, man. It's total departure from the previous game, and it, it, there's a lot of puzzles you have to solve, and there's quests involved, and it's really kind of uh, intense, but there's not a whole lot of hand-holding in it. I would say it's fairly similar to uh, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, to be honest, uh, in that respect that uh, you have to solve clues and uh, gather different objects together. Um, it's not as cryptic, but it's it's would, not I, as um, easy as I would imagine that these, to figure out. I would imagine that these villagers are just slightly more helpful. They are, but there are some tricky ones as well where they lie to you. So it, yeah. it's, you know... <clears throat> so, some are good, some are bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get to uh, one of the villagers soon. The, uh, <laughs> the the map the map shows North Castle, but strangely enough, it's in the South Central area. So South you think Central. Uh oh. I know. Don't be a menace while drinking juice in that hood. That's right. Uh, uh, one of the uh, key places on the map is Parappa Palace. Uh, so once Link enters, he must challenge a dog in a wool cap to a rap battle. And it's uh, pretty challenging since all Link can say is, Ugh! And yeah! And Hwah! But I think he can do it, he's just gotta believe. <laughs> Where and, are you uh, seeing this dog in the cap? What? Parappa the Rapper! Where? Yeah, where are you? Oh, a Parappa cave. Remember? Yes, no, okay, par- I yeah, it Parappa the Rapper. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Now mix, mix, mix the flour in the bowl. Oh, you, uh, you're pretty good at that. I saw the video recently. It was you saw good. the video recently. Kick, <laughs> block, kick, block, chop, kick, kick block, chop. Uh, now, the Guardian is Horsehead, so all you have to do is pull a Godfather on him and you'll be fine. 
<laughs> Next <laughs> is... <laughs> Next is Rauru. It's a, it's a village, and it's also what Scooby says when he's scared. Rauru. Uh, and uh, you can learn magic, and there is a woman who will tend to your weary body and mind. You just have to enter her house and watch your vitality go up. Uh, one can only imagine what she's doing, but you know what she's doing. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I think in this in this one you encounter the the mongoloid who just basically tells you his idea of what his parents call him. It just lets you know the house he lives in that he calls himself an error. I am error. <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, so it says here, you might learn a thing or two from rumors in town. So Link is a gossip. And uh, as for what they tell you about the secret wood, look for a bag worth 50 points. Really? That's it? Hey, my name. And in, in the desert cave, you get a goddess statue. Really? At least Parappa gives you a candle. And uh, Midoro is the swamp palace. Uh, I have no idea what goes on here, but in the artwork, you see a picture of Link bent over with a sword in his ass. So I guess this is, I guess this is on Fire Island. And uh, keeping up with the gay themes, the key to beating Helmet Head is the downward thrust, which I believe is a standard move in the Jizbiz. Lovely. It's <laughs> uh, called a pile driver, I believe, Mike. <laughs> No, it's called the Piles Driver, considering Aww. where it's gone. <laughs> and next is, uh, it says, well, we cover a bunch of all the dungeons, but it says, the adventure goes on. You know, because a two, an issue that covers the span of two months can't cover one friggin' game. It gets and pretty far. Center, it's a big game, though. And uh, these, oh, any closing thoughts? Yeah, um, so I didn't get that far in this game. I probably got through the second temple, and that's about as far as I could get. Um, and it always kind of frustrated me. I tried several times, but eventually lent the game out to uh, a friend of mine, and they managed to beat it, right? And so they were at the save point right before the final temple, and they gave it back to me at a certain point. You're not skilled enough to beat the second level. How about no. you fight Shadow Link, one of the most frustrating, capable, competent enemies in Nintendo in Nintendo's history? We'll give you Shadow right. Link, and none of the uh, none of the muscle memory and experience that comes with succeeding so far. Yeah, well, so I watched him beat the game. Of course, and uh, it, I mean it's extremely. It looks extremely difficult and challenging to get through. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to have my hands Constantly trying full. to jab the uh, the shadow link at the same time that he's trying to jab you, and it, it's just a this game of like cat and mouse. It's uh, it just it's stressful to watch. I can't imagine well, playing playing it <laughs> trying to win. You're not gonna. Are you gonna try to revisit this, or are you just leaving it in the annals of your memory? I don't know. I think I might give it a shot, but I'm gonna have to use a walkthrough for sure. I'm not I'm like, I don't have. Uh, <laughs> I'm not using ROMs like you necessarily, uh, so I don't have the. Uh, you still have it? Yeah, uh, I actually do still have it. Um, oh, what's man, cool I'm about not... Zelda One and Zelda Two on the NES is they came in gold cartridges, 
So oh, it's like a shiny cool. gold plastic, and this looks so, gold cla standard. so classy. Yeah, and it was yeah. like a limited edition too, so only the first 500,000 people got the gold cartridge, and then if you were lame after that, you got the, the plain old gray. <laughs> and uh, the centerfold for this, first it shows, the again, a hand-drawn map, which I guess it's kind of okay, but I would still prefer something that demonstrates, you know, the overhead map and would uh, show like hidden treasures or something but it's just like right. a hand-drawn map and uh, the names of the places uh, but it on the shows other you relative side, locations of where things are in the, the world of Hyrule it's, it's somewhat helpful but also misleading believe me I tried to use this back in the day when I was playing Zelda 2 <laughs> it was not that helpful <laughs> and the other side is the of the centerfold is skate or die and the the guy in the the largest featured guy, uh, I I don't want to reuse the Down syndrome angle, but this guy looks like he's got it. I mean, <laughs> he like, he, he's just he's just got. He just looks there, like he, he bags groceries for a living. That's all. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, there's like inexplicably there's like band aids or bandages on the top. With some guy, with some guy on a skateboard who's not wearing a shirt, ripping <laughs> off one of the band aids from the sky. And we Wait, have what the two. Hell is this all about? Well, we have two flying Dalmatians on neon skateboards, and in the background distance is a cow hanging ten. And, oh, on uh, another a skateboard that's too a, small for and, its four legs. Yeah, and a golf ball <laughs> or the moon, and it's got like a big surprise face because you know. If you see a flying cow, even the moon would be like, shit, that's weird. Uh, so, <clears throat> Skate or Die is the covered game. And again, uh, this must take place in Springfield. Or everyone has jaundice. And uh, <laughs> uh, there wasn't really much for me to cover on this. But uh, it actually says that it will be nearly impossible to break high jumps without the Ness advantage. So it's pretty much telling you, you, you need to basically cheat your way out of this. And uh, if you fail the high jump, you apparently end up as a pile of blood rather than just an unconscious body. <laughs> it's not a pile of blood. You fall through the ramp. It actually like oh, it's an so, audible like, so it's crack a... and you fall through it and you break it. <laughs> That's cool. And the downhill but Yeah, the jam... high jump is, is like impossible to try and get through. The downhill jam is a race through a trash-littered alley, and this one's actually pretty helpful since it's mapped out with suggestions and warnings, and uh, that's decent coverage. And the final game that you can play is Joust in a Swimming Pool. Oh, and, so uh, fun. you know, for a skateboard game, that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's so fun, um, and uh, basically the idea is that you have, like, a paddle. Um, I don't know if it's like a canoe paddle or, or something like that. <clears throat> And uh, you're in this abandoned swimming pool. You and an opponent both are on skateboards, and you switch off every, I think it's every five uh, go-arounds the pool. So you go up up and down each side of the pool like a half pipe. Each, each five um, back and forth, you trade off who has the paddle, and the goal is to hit the other person off of their uh, uh, skateboard. So you're constantly trying to avoid them if you don't have the paddle, um, but you still have to go. You can't just stay at the at the top uh, and wait for them to like go take their five turns. 
And if you have the paddle, then you're just like maniacally trying to hit them with it and follow them wherever they are. And <laughs> it, it's a super fun part of the game. And every time I go back and play this, it's the, that's the first thing I do is I go play Joust. So you don't want to. So you you didn't want to do the die 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 voice. That, that's all your shtick. I don't even know where that comes from. Doesn't it? Doesn't the start menu? I remember when I rented that, I was impressed because it had, like the first big, the first example I had of voice, in an NES cartridge, and that was the menu with the uh, with the uh, with the chiptune music behind it, and it was skate or die, 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 and it would like flash, and I was just like. He spoke. There's words. <laughs> I don't remember them saying die, 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 die. I remember saying, them saying skate and die. Maybe just flash and you remembered it as them repeating it. Now, now I want to go back and look. I never, yeah, I never yeah. wait for the, to the, for the intro screen to finish. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, next is this month's Howard and Nestor. Uh, Nestor arrives at the Track and Field 2 Olympics. He shows up and he ruins two athletes' concentration by asking where the coach is. And the pole vaulter snaps his stick, and I imagine if he's not dead, he's at least paralyzed. Uh, the diver just belly flops and must be in excruciating pain. Eventually, he finds the room, and the coach is everyone's favorite asshole, Howard. He shows up, and Nestor is disappointed. Now, I'm surprised that he's surprised. Since Howard should have followed, Howard should have just surprised him by following him on the damn plane and telling him everything, like he usually does. Mm. Now Howard asks Nestor if he wants to warm up for the triple jump, and Ness has to dodge an errant discus that is just like tossed at near him and ends up near him, and he thinks that Howard planned it. Uh, I can't rule that out, but I can't trace it back to him either at this point. Now, Howard offers to help Ness up, and Ness thanks him, but in his head, for nothing. Howard then explains all the degrees to keep the jumps at. Like, you gotta keep the first two jumps between 55 and 65 degrees, and the last jump shouldn't be more than 80 degrees. And most important, your timing is critical. Nestor decides to show him how it's really done, and somehow trips at the finish line, and then Howard shows up with a shovel. And in my estimation, it's just to finish him off with his head stuck in the sand. <laughs> so and, uh, I, this was the first Howard and Nestor comic I actually laughed at and I enjoyed. Um, and partly is because Howard Phillips isn't being such a pretentious asshole. He's actually trying to help in this one. Um, and and uh, Nestor is ignoring him, right? The funny thing about yeah. it for me is that reading his advice about the angles between the jumps is wrong according to their own advice and the power of the previous issue. They say you should try to be at 45 degrees for each jump. <laughs> so he's even oh giving him gosh. bad advice in this. Uh, <laughs> so I was right. He is an asshole. Uh, either that or he's just misinformed, but who knows? I don't know. A guy that dresses that smart usually knows what he's doing. <laughs> he could be just effing with him. <laughs> Nestor does make a good punching bag. He does. All right. Moving Next on to is, Counselor's Corner. Now, I've got something to say about the agents, but do you have anything to say about the games? Because I really don't. The game, <laughs> yeah, the I wanted to mention uh, the GoGo13 piece. So it says, how do I get through the bases? How do I advance past Greece? And uh, what's funny is 
they have almost like a hand-drawn map in here, and they literally tell you in the instructions, when you go through these maces, use a pencil to point to the wall on the map that you are facing and move the pencil when you change your position. Like this is this is part of the this is part of the game apparently is you have to draw out where the hell you are when you go through a maze. Oh my gosh! Make your own map. Just show me one on the screen, damn it. Yeah, I mean it, this is you know the kind of uh, work that's involved in getting through this game. Apparently, uh, we talked about it last time, but um, they, apparently there's other other places to enter besides subways, uh, which I did not realize. For example, there's a screenshot of of a, a space between two bushes where apparently you can walk in between. So hmm. <clears throat> you have this, to either has, use a walkthrough or just guess randomly where you can try and walk up through somewhere. And then it's a maze this, apparently after that. Does this make you reconsider getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of extra help to try to continue <laughs> no. 13? Or are you done with it? <laughs> no, I'm done with it. After I got stuck in the game and there was no way to proceed, I'm like, all right, they had their shot. Not going, Not going through this again. Okay, now I mentioned before that there may be some shady goings on and mm-hmm. the uh, the counselor's corner. Now it's funny that they're called agents when it's counselor's corner, but you know mm-hmm. that's not part of the uh, the mystery. Uh, well, now we've got we at least off, two people with uh, unibrows so far. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them. And uh, three agent, with mustaches. <laughs> agent Agent Fifty Nine is Jim Muller. His hobbies are computer, investment analysis, and apparently fronting a 70s AM radio band. And uh, uh, He you know, looked the his, most normal of all of them, I think. With, with, with his uh, blonde brown hair and beard, he kind of reminds me of a certain co-host I know. <laughs> I was going to say, this guy's fairly handsome, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, he seems a little handsome and distinguished and, uh, you know, well kept together. <laughs> Next, Agent, agent uh, 4, oh, Cliff Jesus. Hammond. His hobbies include sports, arcades, and playing my nest. And wearing and your skin. And and having the name of a soap opera character, Cliff Hammond. He's got uh, an insane unibrow going on. Like, he has no concept of what's going on. And a really disgusting, like, perv stash. I mean, he just looks greasy. It's all hell. Wait. Oh yeah, with the uh, with the unibrow and the mustache, he looks like he looks like the level of a platformer game. <laughs> uh, next is Agent Two Eighty Nine. Uh, his gaming accomplishment is the first at Nintendo Power to beat GoGo Thirteen, which is also his favorite game. Now he's balding with brown hair, middle aged, and has a dad stash. I swear we saw this guy last issue. This, no, Agents. that's not a dad's dash. It looks like someone he's su- permanently suffering from uh, a dirty Sanchez. <laughs> next is agents. Next is Agent Seven Twenty Six. Brian Taney. He beat Metal Gear in one day. Now he's balding with brown hair, middle aged, and a dad stash. I swear we saw this guy last. Agent. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess Steve Pennington must have got some water on himself because now he's multiplying and the evidence is immutable. Yeah. Dads are dads are taking over Nintendo power either to undermine its coolness or to try to relate to their kids. Either way, this is upsetting to the natural order. Let's see. My favorite part about Brian Tanney is he has like this shirt on, which is open, and you can just see his like chest sticking out from it. Oh, oh yeah, he's just like... And he has this ladies. look on his face. He's like, hello, ladies. 
<laughs> Come and take a look at my comb over in three years. <laughs> uh, and now we move on to classified information. I just wonder if we meet the next ca- the next bunch of agents. I just hope they they, they don't they don't they don't support my theory of <laughs> you know a Steve Pennington just multiplying like gizmo in the in the pool. What do you think the interview process is like in the, in the power for agents? They go, well, Brian, Dave, Steve, let's get in a room and see if we can find someone that looks almost exactly like the three of us. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, classified information. Uh, the first game mentioned is Blaster Master. It says at stage five, there's a barrier that requires two keys. The first is after the defeat of boss of the boss of stage four, and then you bring your car past the first barrier. Then you foot it up the ladder and then drop fatally onto the lock. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess you're smashing it open with your dead body, so you lose a life to open the lock. And I think this is the first case in the video game of strategic suicide. Hey, it works, man. <laughs> hey, and MASH said it's painless. <laughs> uh, then there's Bionic Commando. It says the purple commando of the troops is invincible, and you need to find a way to get around him. You know what? Good luck hearing what it is. This is only the place where you're supposed to tell me amazing secrets and strategies, instead of just telling me I'll need one. Wait, he just says that he's invincible and he cannot be defeated. Yeah. It says you'll have to find a way to get around him. Oh, I so, figure you just you like know, walk him one direction and you go around the, go around him the other way. Do you think that... You, why do we have to find a way around him instead of just telling us, you know, keep him busy with like a with a, with a stun attack or something and oh, then get around him? Yeah. Tell us we have to find this way around him. This is the place where you tell me how to get around him. Ugh. And uh, that's it for my part of, of uh, classified information. Are there any games or tips mentioned here that strike your yeah. fancy? Yeah, so they had this bit on uh, track and field too, and I was hoping you could uh, uh, drop a nice slow beat for me. We're going to get real low and talk about fast <laughs> flying fingers. <laughs> no, slower, slower, slower. <laughs> We've discovered that one way to optimize your speed is by putting your thumb and forefinger together as though you were pinching something very small. And by rubbing the point of your finger and thumbnails back and forth very quickly between the A and B buttons. Another useful technique is to concentrate and push the button quickly and softly without letting there be too much space between your finger and the button. There are those that prefer the hold your breath, close your eyes, and let her rip method. You will, however, meet with mixed results using this technique. <laughs> I, mean, I was reading this and it just sounded like uh, someone Every wrote single one of these diaries. is like porn instructions. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like stage directions for a porno. Yeah. Put your thumb and forefinger together as though you're pinching something very small. Are you kidding me? Rub back and forth on the buttons. I, I, I'm pretty sure trying to snap inside of a woman is considered a taboo. <laughs> I with a knuckle. Yeah. Uh, hold your breath, close your eyes, and let her rip. <laughs> oh my god, that that is just like... My, that is That's just a way like to ruin a moment. 
my first butt stuff. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just something. Uh, okay, so the next game featured is Marble Madness. Mm -hmm. uh, you control a marble and you move it around obstacles. No weapons, just speed. Uh, there's no story, but... You know, considering the mechanics of this game, it does seem pretty fairly exciting. I remember commercials for this game making it look amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you follow a ball around ramps, and uh, you face enemies like vacuums, slimes, and birds. And the map coverage for all the levels is pretty good, except at the end when it tells you you're on your own, because it's <laughs> Nintendo Power. Yeah, I remember playing Mar Mar Marble Madness. It's an arcade port. And it's pretty challenging, and a lot of people, even to this day, uh, make a game out of speed running through this stuff. So if you go online or YouTube, and you'll be able to find a lot of speed runs from Marble Madness. All right, next is Operation Wolf. You must retrieve American and American supporters from the nation of Chirigo. But you can't be seen as an American, so you are part of Operation Wolf. Individual commandos dropped at key locations posing as rebels. And I don't see any screenshots with the same characters on the screen, so I can only imagine that this is like a first-person shooter like on rails, where you must avoid friendly fire. So you can see friendlies on the screen, and if you pop your buddies, you won't receive aid. So don't be trigger-happy, fire strategically. And, uh, you know, twice it says in uh, the descriptions on the next page, you must obtain information from enemy soldiers, although it doesn't say how. And the last picture shows your reward screen, and it's some white guy offering to <laughs> shake your hand, and he seems completely evil. I mean, it's like evil he, Ronald Reagan. Jesus. He, he, he is like Rumsfeld and Cheney levels of menacing. He's the guy and that this... Cheney shot in the face. <laughs> uh, next is football it's games. Do you... <laughs> Do you want to talk about these football games? Because uh... <laughs> it's sports and I got nothing. Well, I will mention, and uh, you and I both need to do some due diligence here, Tecmo Bowl for the original Nintendo is considered a classic game and is a, a cherished favorite among video game enthusiasts and uh, sports fans. Um, and I think we owe it to our listeners and to the podcast to make a go at Mobile and uh, try to make it through. Um, you want to uh, play it? Yeah, I think we need to play it. Uh, I, no, no, I'll try. <laughs> You're like, I'm allergic to playing football <laughs> games and sports games. There's, there's too many players. How do I, how do I be one? Okay, all right, all right. I'll, let me give you some reasons here. All right, take a look at the halftime. So... One thing that this this whole article section it's comparing three different football games, and they're all uh, legitimately NFL uh, sponsored and whatnot. So you've got Tecmo Bowl, which is the fan favorite. You've got John Elway's quarterback, and you've got something just called NFL football, right? So they're comparing uh, every feature, like setting a lineup and offensive plays, defensive plays, and etc. on all three games here try to give you a, a sense for what each one does. Uh, you're going to enjoy the, the halftime portion. So let's take a look first at NFL football. That, and it says, the halftime in NFL football can try our patience. The music is great, but it lasts a little too long. This is a magazine that's advertising this thing. 
and it's even telling you it's too long for halftime. Oh my gosh. You <laughs> could try your patience. How can the music last too long if it's great? <laughs> I don't know. And then you're probably oh like sitting God. there waiting, I can't skip this. I want to play, right? I I like the uh, the pictures for the halftime. Oh, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. And then we have John Elway's quarterback. There isn't any <laughs> it says there isn't any fanfare or scoreboard excitement, but it gives you a chance to catch your breath. And it it's just a green screen. A green screen that just says halftime on it. That's horrible. <laughs> All right. Now compare that now with Tech Mobile. And it says, here's a description. Halftime on Tech Mobile is fantastic. There are cheerleaders, a halftime show, cheering band members, and exciting crowd scenes. This is what going to a football game is really like. We've we got cheerleaders with panty shots. Oh, yeah. It's like There's an upskirt a... panty shot where they're being tossed in the air. You got one that's making the hand make motion to like give her a call. You got someone sucking on her pom poms. Uh, You've got a guy on the band like taking off his hat and blowing through a bugle. You've got balloons in the air. I mean, holy shit! I know it's it's going off in here. Right. And then uh, look at the uh, touchdowns on the other side. It's the same thing. You have a full cut scene for a touchdown on Technobowl. You've got dudes high fiving, and uh, and then you have on the other side. John Elway's quarterback, and it says the players jump for joy in the end after a touchdown, and it's like literally they're just like clapping. It's like the miniature version of the of the dudes like clapping their hands. And, oh my god! And then gosh, in NFL that's... football, it says the fans erupting the cheers, and the screenshot is literally just of the ref with his arms up in the air, and it says <laughs> touchdown oh underneath him. These two games are pathetic. Yeah, I mean, like Tech Mobile just blows them out of the water, right? Yeah, Tech Mobile is the only game in town. Right, and then look down below where it says the final. So this is the end of the end of the game, right? And it's got Tech Mobile has a screenshot of a newspaper with your the team's scores. game on it, with the scores on it for each period. And then uh, in the other two games, they have no screenshots. And it's NFL football. You won. Give this <laughs> team another try, or test your skills against a different team. Try again, asshole. <laughs> And then John Emily's quarterback says the final score is shown on the scoreboard at the top of the screen. That that's the wow. big that's the big takeaway. That is the big that's the big incentive. Your score will be shown right. on the top of the screen. Hey, you know what else does that? Mario. Yeah, but it looks like in Tecmo you can even save your progress. It says the Tecmo Sports News will announce the winner and give you a password. So I wonder if that means like you save your password and you come back next time and it accumulates your wins or something or your statistics. I don't know. Maybe the pass. Maybe the password is your score. I, I guess. Maybe it's like, oh, take a look at the score I got. Let me pull the password. And maybe it, maybe it, maybe it pops up later on the newspaper, but they just didn't have that screenshot. But oh yeah, yeah. and uh, the the artwork for the cheerleader. It looks like these cheerleaders are just dudes in drag. <laughs> I mean, you look at them. None of them seem to have boobs. And they seem to have oh, very yeah. strong feet. They seem to have very strong features. Yeah, the one in the middle has got a nice uh, mustache going on. Oh man! I know. There's one that has a Hitler mustache. Like, it's like it's like it's like if Tootsie went to college, but it was a college where every guy had the same idea of dressing up as a girl to go to college <laughs> to, to get like a. It's like everyone had to there because there was like a scholarship for girls only. Right. And so the entire like six friends or complete strangers. I like the idea of six strangers because then they they fall in love oh, with their man. classmates, and each one of them is just like oh, I'm a dude, but you know 
she's a girl. Hopefully, I can convince her it's okay. And then the other one's just like, oh my god, this this girl this girl's hitting on me. Well, when she finds out I'm not a lesbian, what am I gonna do? And like, just <laughs> like. I'm pretty sure that's been done in a movie, but if not, I'm pretty sure someone is just waiting to do it poorly. Oh, yeah. It's a good concept, at least for a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That would be a great gay porno. There you go. Everyone's just like expecting it to be a lesbian porno, and there's no ladies around, nothing. (laughs) Surprise. So the only (laughs) last thing I'll talk about for Tecmo Bowl is that uh, offhand, I do remember a lot of people saying that... uh, Apparently, if you get the player Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl, like he is so weight overpowered compared to every other player, you can just run circles around people. So he does know sports. Apparently. Uh, next is Metal Gear. Uh, you play a character na- named Solid Snake. It, that name is just so emphatic. Why not just call him, like, Chef Thrust? <laughs> but... Uh, the coverage here is overhead. His code name is Rock Hard. <laughs> the, co- the coverage here is overhead maps with strategies on how to deal with what uh, with what stuff you get, and also like letting you know that cigarettes are needed, despite what your Archie books will tell you. <laughs> and uh, the next page shows you how to beat different types of enemies. There's a machine gun kid who follows you around, so just toss a grenade and then step in front of it so he follows you there, which is a good strategy. And the fire trooper seems impossible to hit because he, he sweeps across the entire screen, but uh, you just go around the corner and use the submachine gun to shoot diagonally to end him. And then you have to use 16 plastic explosives to blow up a computer. Man, just install Windows 2000. Yeah, I've already said my piece on Metal Gear. Uh, it, it it can kiss my ass. This game is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> Best to just try uh, Metal Gear Solid for the uh, PlayStation, Yeah, right? that's a good game. I've played that one, too. I need to play that one. For some reason, I only I, uh, I didn't get any uh, play, many PlayStation games. I got a PlayStation 2, and I played Metal Gear 2, Sons of Liberty. Mm. I remember beating it. It just seemed like highly political. Like, a whole lot of it is just like, hey, what about the uh, guy? Oh, uh, all the guys that were behind everything, we found bodies there. And uh, so, like, apparently there's this big conspiracy going on. Uh, Next is video shorts. And the featured games are Friday the 13th, because I'm sure all the kids reading this magazine have seen this movie. The, uh, The last sentence of this description is fantastic. Now, it says here, keep a close eye on the cabins, as Jason is always on the prowl, and if he slashes up another counselor or the campers, it's going to be tough to explain on Parents' Day. Oh, Oh, no. crazy kids. Oh, no. We let another bunch of kids get massacred. Oh, no. Oopsie daisy. (laughs) Did I do that? Yeah, this game is another Uh, classic from LJN. Uh, I remember, yeah, because I remember being a nine-year-old with my Jason action figure with sexually active teen slicing action. Uh, <laughs> you know they're remaking this game, Friday the 13th? They're bringing the game, you said? Yeah, they're remaking Friday the 13th. It's not this game. It's not a shitty game. It's a good game. Oh, that's what you uh, think. From, no. I, from the I creators heard, of LJN, come the remake. 
no, this isn't about uh, that. It's uh, I heard the guy on the podcast, uh, uh, the Pointless Podcast. There are other podcasts? Yes. Whoa. This one was not about games. It was about a guy who was a host with the show, but uh, he was friends with the host of the show on another show. Did you ever, did you ever see Attack of the Show? A show with the show attacking a show? The show? <laughs> no, the show is called Attack of the Show. No, I've never it, seen it. It was a uh, it was a video game a techni- It was a tech geek, uh, amazing uh, TV show. And one of the guys on the show was a man named Adam Sessler, and he was on the Pointless podcast, which was hosted by the host of Attack of the Show after the show got canceled. And one of the things he's been doing since being on the show was uh, starting a. Uh, we're working with Hollywood, like Kane Hodder, the guy that played Jason, to uh, like and a bunch of other special effects people to work with a video game company to remake Friday the Thirteenth. Hmm. But this is like uh, Left for Dead, and you can play the counselors, and one of you gets to play Jason. Oh, and okay. and the thing is, is that there will be times when the counselors have to fight each other as well as Jason. Because, like, like you'll have to form an alliance to uh, fix items. Like, for example, uh, one of the things they mentioned is that, say, you have to get a boat across the lake to get out of, to get away from Jason, to get out of town. What you would need is like one of you would have to keep the boat safe to keep him from smashing it, and the other one would have to go look for parts, and another one would have to like either be a decoy or whatever. But by the time you're done, there's only enough room in the boat for two people. Mm-hmm. So. Who decides who cuts out who? And uh, another one is, like, you get to play Jason, so your goal is to either kill the counselors or just stop them from escaping after a certain amount of time. I see. So it seems like it's going to be a damn good game because they've got, like, all the people that were involved in several Friday the 13th movies, including the guy that played Jason in several of the uh, more prominent movies, Kane Hodder. Well, it all depends and, uh, if they get a decent uh, game developer behind it, though. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, I can't wait to hear more things about it as it comes out, but uh, it sounds like it's going to be a real redemption for the video game. Well, the next Uh, game on here is World Games, and it says, here's a game that travels to the four corners of the earth to bring you international excitement and the thrill of foreign competitions. Your first stop is the Soviet Union, where you can (laughs) test your great strength in the Snatch or the clean and jerk. <laughs> Why is there so much porn here? The snatch or the clean and jerk. What? The, the clean jerk. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Next, it's on to Germany for barrel jumping on the ice. And then scenic Mexico for tense cliff diving. In mm. France, you'll negotiate the slalom course and a quick stop in Scotland for a better caber tossing. While in the Far East, bow to, your, bow to your 400-pound honored Japanese opponent. Really, Japan honored? you got to throw that mm. stereotype in there. And then try to throw him to the ground. Travel to the Great White North in Canada for a good day of log rolling, eh? Now, I'm surprised in 89 that we still <laughs> had that stereotype in the States of the A. I thought that that would have, like, I thought they came out in, like, the 90s, but... Damn, that, that, that's, uh, that's been around a while. Hey. Finally, back in the U.S. of A., summon your courage and ride the terrifying <laughs> Brahma Bull, if you dare. Mm, excellent. Get, get, to know, 
and you get to know each bull's individual characteristics. So oh. the uh, the bulls you get to are, know them and, and fondle them and get to know them while you string up their testicles and ride them at the same time. Yeah. Next is Star Soldier. I, again, I can't summarize this. I just have to read it. Out in the dark, dim, empty void of space, Star Brain has inhabited an Empire space station. God, this is so generic. Star Brain <laughs> is a giant runaway computer that destroys everything in its path and threatens the existence of the Galactic Empire. Don't you just hate it when that happens? As a renowned star soldier, you are the pilot of Caesar, the fastest fighter ship in the fleet, and your mission is to defeat this mechanized monstrosity. On every fourth stage, you must defeat a humongous star brain who is even tougher than the standard star brain. Mm. So, like, I thought it says star brain has inhabited the space station, so I figured that it was just, like, a thing, but apparently it's multiplying. I don't know. I'm never playing this game. It looks awful. But the poster that they have next to it is completely epic. <laughs> it's got yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's a guy in a 70s mm-hmm. space astronaut leisure suit <laughs> brandishing a, a laser pistol yeah he's cocking a laser pistol so <laughs> please tell me how that works it's got a uh, a helmet at the end of it too it looks very phallic <laughs> i'm just saying yeah next is dr jekyll and mr hyde um good artwork here it, uh, <laughs> that's awful I first thought that half was Inspector Gadget <laughs> and then I saw the other half and he looks like just like the a random street punk who would get beat up in a Spider-Man cartoon from 1987 mm. uh, it says uh, more than a hundred years has passed since Robert Louis Stevenson first published the immortal classic The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde now all the mood of Victorian England and the frustration of poor Dr. Jekyll have been wonderfully rendered <laughs> in mm. video game format. And for the first time, like Dr. Jekyll, who takes an untested potion and randomly becomes the savage Mr. Hyde, you must play both the part of hero and the villain. The doctor's goal is to get to the church and marry his lovely Millicent. But barring the way are a number of obstacles, animals, and vengeful people. Why, do they, why are they after Dr. Jekyll? He's the good guy. I mean, like, why are these people after you? Explain this shit, please. When the stress becomes too much, he turns into Mr. Hyde and must be prevented from progressing too far in the world of demons. And all the while, both Jekyll and Hyde are fighting for control. Now, in the uh, angry video game nerd, he made a point of how lightning will strike Dr. Jekyll for some stupid reason, or, Mm -hmm. or strike Dr. Hyde, for no friggin' reason at all. Now here it actually gives an important game tip in the in this, and it just says if Hyde gets further in the demon world than Doctor Jekyll did on his own path, lightning strikes him. Good luck justifying why this happens, but at least they tell you. <laughs> by the way, when you get struck by lightning, that's what happened. Uh, next is the bump and jump, uh, and it keeps describing. It's a fun game. Descri- it keeps describing the car. By putting its name up in quotes. Usually you like put the name up in quotes the first time just to let you know like that's what it means. And then you can get on with it. Right. But they keep calling the car Popper. But as you're driving, Popper, Popper can also jump and do hazards. Like, just say the car's name is Popper for some whatever reason you'd call it that. And just get on the go. Uh, next is Rampage. Uh, your goal is to destroy the United States. 
So I guess it's an Al-Qaeda training manual then. <laughs> uh, next is Othello. Uh, you don't play a black guy in a Shakespearean play, though, so I don't know why they called it that. Mm. Next is Robo Warrior. And the artwork for this looks fantastic. It's like if Robocop lived in Metropolis. Yeah. Uh, next is Spy vs. Spot. I love Mad Magazine, and I always wanted to play this game so bad. It's not good. It's terrible. Really? Because it's from the pages of Mad Magazine to our NES. It is awful. And it's, and it's unequaled usurpers <laughs> of undercover. It is like you go around like the this like house thing, and you find some random thing in a drawer somewhere and then you got to go uh you know place it somewhere else it just makes no sense uh there's no like it says in the hand-to-hand combat mode both spies will appear on the same screen so if you kill one of the one of the guys uh you will come back after a minute or two but uh in other in other words you have to play with two players or Something like that. If you're playing one player and the other guy and the uh, enemy kills you, it's just really annoying to like sit there for a whole minute, watch them run around the house doing whatever. Oh, sounds awful. It's it's not good. Yeah. Uh, next is Gyrus. Uh, all I gotta say is I forgot about this game until I just saw the pictures of it, and it reminded me so much of how much I loved this game. It was like a. It looked like a prototypical space shooter. Mm-hmm. But it, it handled itself differently. It wasn't just like a whole stream of enemies coming at you. It's just unique enemies with their own strategies that you have to uh, use to beat them. And uh, it's a, it's just a fun game. Hmm. Uh, did you have any experience with this? No, I never got a chance to play this one. If you say it's good, I'll have to check it out. Yep, it's a, a space shooter, but it's, it's different. It's uh, different in a good way. Uh, next is Cubert, and uh, it's Cubert. Did you ever and, watch uh, the movie Wreck It Ralph? Yeah, <laughs> I love that scene with Cubert, and he's like, he's like begging for like loose change because he doesn't have an, a live arcade machine anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> I know, and I don't know why they showed Bowser. I like the fact that Bowser showed up, but he didn't talk, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in most media, he usually, like, can talk. Can he really? Well, yeah, in the uh, Mario Super Show and in oh, the well. Super Mario World and, uh, like, in the cartoons he talked. I don't know if he did. I thought it was always the juniors that could talk and he was always silent. No, in the no in the, the one with the, uh, the Koopa kids, he was always talking to them. Like, uh, I remember one of, the, uh, one of my favorite episodes was one that actually got censored for the or, or changed for the DVD mm. was a uh, cutie pie wanting who was actually Wendy O. I don't know why they gave the kids different names. I mean, it's made by Nintendo for a Nintendo character, so why not just say it's Wendy O? But they called her cutie pie, and she wanted Millie Vanilli to play for her birthday, oh, and nice. uh, and Bob's was just like, but honey's there in the real world. <laughs> you know, you know, like, like the Mushroom Kingdom's fake. Yeah, like they're just admitting we're we're in uh, we're we're in a bunch of fake shit right here. Yeah. So it. anyway, they had they had to go and get Millie Vanilli, and on the live action TV broadcast, they actually had uh, like one or two songs. I think one of them was "Blame It on the Rain." Oh man! And another one was like, "Girl, you know it's true," or some other something that basically translated to that 
And uh, Peach ended up seeing them at a concert and all that. But then I downloaded the uh, the Super Mario Brother Mario Super Mario Brothers three DVD because you know I wanted to reminisce. Mm-hmm. And when I see that episode, they couldn't get the license <clears throat> for Millie Vanilli songs, oh, okay. so it's Millie Vanilli up on stage flapping their lips silently, <laughs> and, and, and the music is like bum up, bum up, bum up, bum up, up. It was just awful. They didn't even try to like. Mini, mini vanilla eyes, the mm-hmm. music. It was just so sad. Uh, next is Pack Watch. Uh, Ninja Gaiden is expected to top the number one players poll. Well, that's a pretty tall order since you got to deal with Zelda 2 first. Mm-hmm. Uh, also mentioned are Gossip Gremlins. They're going to tell us what the Consumer Electronics Show will be featuring in the March issue. I can't wait to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. Next is basketball games. Uh, magic. The only game <laughs> worth, worth mentioning is Magic Johnson's Fast Break. And now this has to be good, but you know how the hell is he still alive when we lost Freddie Mercury within a decade? Mm. Uh, RoboCop. They're adding more gameplay, so there's been some delays. Expect it soon, though. And no word on the release of Bayou Billy. Hmm. But TV shows are coming to Nintendo. We have Knight Rider, Airwolf, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hmm. 1989 is looking to be a good year. Oh, you skipped past the Guardian Legend, one of the best Nintendo games of all time. I did? Yeah. I didn't uh, didn't know anything about this. It looked a little odd. Tell me about it. Oh, it's fantastic. So... It's half uh, vertical scrolling uh, shooter in a, in a space spaceship, and half uh, traveling around, sort of like an action RPG. So it sounds like Blaster Master. Uh, yeah, very similar, except it's you know a jet, um, and um, yeah, the guy doesn't have a gun; he has like swords. So it's like Slasher Master. Slasher Master. That's very good. Yeah, very similar. Okay. And now the player poll. Okay, we can win the grand prize, which is an amazing assembly of the Roland Rocker, the Advantage, the Bandai Hyperstick, the Remote Controller. You know what? Even if only one or two of these is good, it's still pretty neat to have. And uh, they, they went all out as far as grand prizes go. Second prize is Zelda to the Adventure of Link. Ten second-place winners can win that. Oh, and 50 third-place winners can win the exclusive Nintendo Power jersey with smug, smiling, stupid Howard Phillips. Oh, Jesus. I got to tell you, this is probably the worst player's pull contest I've seen yet. I mean, the NES accessories, that's their grand prize. Half of those are garbage. The rock and roller, the game stick... The remote controller, even the NES Max has questionable uh, application. The only one I see any real decent is the NES Advantage. You've got 10 of one game, you've got 50 of the jersey, and then you've got the last uh, 100 power critics. Tell us in 50 words or less why you would make an Nintendo Power critic. Uh, and that yep. basically allows them to be a, uh, a, a critic of a game. Yeah, I guess like I guess we'd have uh, they would be able to give us a chance to uh, I don't know cast a vote for the top thirty. No, it's not even that. You get to be a critic of Nintendo Power. Oh boy, 
So where would they print the criticism? <laughs> they wouldn't. It would just integrate your quote unquote changes or requests into the into the issue. So this is just a, a free way of giving something away that yeah. Howard Phillips came up with. Like, well, it would be <laughs> it'd be it'd be nice if we can find out how many of future changes were uh, critic induced, or if it was just the editors, you know, getting bored and uh, thinking, right. all right, we're set, all time to try new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is the Nest Journal, and this is an interesting article. It's a hands-free controller for para, uh, paraplegic kids, and it's a uh, sweet. It uses sip and puff methods for A B inputs on a chin-mounted joystick, mm-hmm. and uh, it's supposed to be a for a hundred and seventy-nine dollars. You can get the Nest Control Deck, the hands-free controller, and one game pack. That, uh, the ga- yeah, the controller alone is a hundred and twenty bucks, which you know, considering how. I guess in the eighties that would translate to about like three hundred bucks, probably. And uh, I mean, this is pretty dope that they have this. Honestly, this is pretty awesome that they have it. And I took a picture of a guy that that is uh, a kid that's test driving it, and he just looks like so happy in this picture. Todd Todd Stablefeld. It would be nice if someone. It would be nice if any of our listeners can look this guy up and see if he's uh, still alive or if there's some bad news. Hopefully not. It would be nice to know if this kid got better or you know if at least that he'd be able to implement that. That uh, chin-mounted. Yeah, stuff. was it usable at all, or was it just garbage? And they, you paid three hundred dollars for something that was just crap. Yeah, he looks happy now. Was that picture taken before he tested it and found out it was <laughs> it was just it, it was just a rolling rocker that fit on his chest? <laughs> yeah, I hope it worked. <laughs> and he's like, "Get this thing off of me!" Right. You know, we we worked really lo- we worked really hard on this. I would rip this off and throw it down if I could touch it. Oh. Now get this off of me, please. Yep. It's bad enough I'm in a wheelchair. You make me sub- you subjected me to this garbage. Hopefully it was good. Hopefully he. Hopefully that's the look on his face after he tried it, and that he would give it a thumbs up if he could. <laughs> uh, next is an article called Soundwave, uh, featuring Debbie Gibson. Really cute. Uh, but I never heard of her back in the 80s when she was around. I oh, really? Yes, I, I wasn't big in the music scene. And uh, next Every they talk time about, I'm telling secrets, I remember how it used to be. Let me tell you how much I missed you. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, only in my dreams, as real as it may seem. It was only in my dreams. You heard that song? No, but I'm going to now. Well, that's Debbie Gibson, man. You know what? She's actually had she, a, a she had a one hit wonder. Didn't do very good. Uh, and then that. showed up. At, and then showed up in Playboy. She did Playboy. And I actually haven't seen that. I should go to. Go to uh, that. She, she is um, very cute. Still cute. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, she time has and, made time, a career been, out of being in B movies since. Time has since been that good time. to her. Uh, but still, and then we see Julian Lennon and Huey Lewis in the news, and I gotta ask, why are we talking about music <laughs> in Nintendo Power? <laughs> they have teen music magazines. Focus on the damn games, please. There's still over a hundred games existing at this point in time. <laughs> Surely we can talk about them. Nope, we gotta uh, talk about sound waves. 
Next is the mailbox. And uh, as rich as the pre some previous mailboxes have been, where each letter is gold and cannot be refused, nothing here seemed uh, worth taking time to mention. But the there was a customer service tip about Zelda's memory. And no, this isn't about remembering her after she's gone. This just says, if you've ever played The Legend of Zelda, reached a critical stage and it saved your progress, only to find out later the memory got zapped, well, unfortunately, that does happen with some Zelda game packs. The good news is that there's a simple procedure to follow, which will prevent accidental erasures. One, when the game is over, select Save, then push Start. Two, when the Select screen appears, push the Reset button on your control deck and hold it. Three, now while holding the Reset button, turn off the power. Remember to use this procedure every time you want to save your game. If you Ooh. do, your game pack will in turn remember all the items and hearts you've collected. Hooray. Yay. Next is top 30. Metal Gear has jumped from third place or fallen from third place to eighth. And uh, in the top place, Metal uh, Super Mario Bros. 2, Legend of Zelda, and Zelda 2. Even though it's already been released for a short time, this ultimate adventure is destined for greatness. And uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is number six. Metroid is number five. Double Dragon, number four. And Mylon's Secret Castle is seven. Here's one to watch. First time on the top 30, and it's already looking like a winner. Have you played Mylon's Secret Castle yet? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Any ch any they seem to be talking a lot of sugar about it. So apparently, any chance any chance you might give it a shot? I'm I'm pretty sure it's in my ROM collection somewhere. Yeah, I'll get to it <laughs> I, too. I got it. It's it's lower on the list than some other games. Put it that way. Speaking of lower on the list, uh, we have finally seen the end of Rygar. It is Aww. just not on the list to be found anymore. Oh, he was not off the list it, last time. It, it, you just didn't notice it. But it. it was jumping up the list, wasn't it? It was for one month, and then it got kicked off the next month. Oh my gosh, it just, it was just, it's one last hand coming above the surface before finally drowning and, <laughs> and falling Apparently. in. There's just too many other good games that came out after the fact, you know? Yep. Can't hang and out there forever. For, no, all, all, thing, all good things come to an end. I don't know who the hell is voting, voting up Pac-Man, though, on the Nintendo I mean, seriously, a game has been out for how long now? And you're voting it up as a, oh, that's one of my top 30 Nintendo games, Pac-Man. Yeah, Robocop is somehow lower than Pac-Man. And 1943, just, just in front of Pac-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, next is Top Gun, the nerd's favorite, uh, the nerd's favorite uh, airplane oh. game. That was his first one. That was his first video he did was on Top Gun. No, his first one was Jekyll and Hyde, I believe. And then, oh, was it? Uh, I thought it was Top Gun. No, it was either that or uh, Simon's Quest. Okay. And well, yeah, Simon's Quest look. was the follow-up, and then Jekyll and, Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde was the first. Simon's Quest was the follow-up. But uh, he did Top Gun, and he kept trying and trying and trying to land the damn plane. And only when he was, <laughs> only when he was demonstrating how shitty the power glove was, then he's just like, right. I can't wait to see what the power glove would do on Top Gun. And then he right. lands it. And there's the look on his face. <laughs> Like, uh... Mm -hmm. And, uh... Well, that's it for this issue. And coming up in the next March-April issue of Nintendo Power, Ninja Gaiden. Part movie, part video game. 
you know what? I think it's all video game because it doesn't yeah, come with a VHS game. tape. It doesn't come with a VHS tape. Get ready for a ninja mission that really gets you into the act. Cinematic martial arts action. I remember seeing the uh, the introduction screen for this. For a Nintendo game, it was pretty vibrant, showing two ninjas fighting in the moonlight. Sure. And doing the, uh, the typical jumping up at each other, slashing with swords, and then kneeling down as they land as one falls. And uh, I remember getting to the second mission, because the first mission... It says you have to fight uh, the boss of uh, the level called Tiny. And that guy was like the, the entire screen high. So uh, his name was quite ironic. Uh, next is Hudson's Adventure Island. Man, I enjoyed the heck out of this game. Guide Master Higgins. You know, for a guy dressed as a caveman, I'm surprised they didn't give him a name like Trog or Oog. But like Master Higgins. Like Master he's some... Higgins. Like he's maybe he's British, shipwrecked. Like he's a know? British butler. He's a British butler who got shipwrecked, and he right. just had to co- and he just had to cobble together a suit out of some leaves. And uh, he sort he you must guide him through all sorts of strange and terrible traps inside the South Pacific Jungle Island. Will he ever be able to rescue his beloved sweetheart, Princess Leilani? So he's a butler with a princess girlfriend. Weird. <laughs> Next is The Adventure of Link. When we last left the hero of Hyrule, he was taking on Doomknocker. What a name. In the Palace <laughs> of Maze Island. Join us on the road to the third Triforce as we'll have more maps. Mayhem and monsters will try to cuff Link. Doomknocker sound... <laughs> Lovely. Doomknocker sounds like an expensive uh, cocktail. <laughs> I, I, I uh, just yeah, like, I got let me take a look at the beer list, the uh, wine list. Uh, what do you have for mixed drinks? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, you know, what, what do you got behind the bar? What, tell, me, tell me what you really have. Well, we got this thing called the Doom Knocker. Knocks you flat on your ass. Whoa, yeah, something for one of those. All right, man, it's your funeral. Yeah, exactly. Or, 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 or the Doom Knocker. It sounds like it sounds like the appropriate name for like when someone walks by and then they wrap you in the nuts with their knuckles. <laughs> Uh, so coming up classified information video shorts the nest journal and the ever popular much much more uh did we cover mm. a section called much much more because mm. i this, i think that means like, the advertisements the ever popular much much more yeah Indeed. Uh, this must be a category that that this must be a typo i see and uh finally the sign off for the players. Dear players, are we ever excited? At press time, we were on our way to the giant consumer electronics show which takes place in the city of Lost Wages. I mean, Las Vegas. This is a spectacular show where everyone in the electronics industry gets together to display their hardware, accessories, software, inventions, and game packs. Imagine, we along with 34 of our licensee companies were together under one roof. The number of new licenses, com- new licensee companies has grown dramatically and now include a wonderful name such as familiar name such as Milton Bradley. To all of them we say, welcome aboard. What this means to you is that more imaginations than ever are at work to bring you the greatest number of choices in the history of video games. From what we've heard, this year promises to be the most exciting year yet. And with this much info to report back on, the March-April issue will be more powerful than ever in keeping you up to date with the best new games and helping you make the right game choices. So stick with us. There are monsters to be fought, people to be rescued, worlds to be saved, 
treasures to be discovered and lots of great times to be shared. And in case we forgot, Happy New Year, gang. All right. See you in March. Howard Phillips. Well, that's so super. Um, so we're at the end of, the, of uh, our fourth issue, and this is the uh, first one that I've actually been able to use my physical copy in. And it was a nice change for me uh, to be able to flip through the actual pages and look at the large print format. It's a lot different than trying to look at the scan on a, on a computer screen uh, in terms of just the tactile field, for sure. So I'll be enjoying that for the next however many uh, issues. And uh, until our next issue, Mike, how, they, how can they get a hold of us? Well, we have the, uh, the Gmail, uh, playing with power podcast at Gmail, if I get that right. If not, you can find us on Facebook where the Gmail is accurately portrayed. We also have, uh, we can find us on Twitter at GetThePower88. And you can leave a tweet there. You can leave comments on our Facebook page, Get the Power, uh, Playing With Power podcast. You can also find me, if you can't get enough of my mellifluous dulcet tones, you can also <laughs> find me on the, you can also find me and Ben on a upcoming episode of Techno Babble, uh, part of the Geek Fallout Network. And uh, you can also uh, check out their Facebook page, check out previous episodes, and uh, check out other shows on their network. Pretty cool. And mm -hmm. I think that's about it for now. Uh, yep, I don't think I've missed anything, have I? No, I don't think so. And, uh, Yay! I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power.